Now we have come to the eighth month. Now, if there is anything that I will emphatically remind you, so that none of us will come or be a victim of the spell of the devil. Haven't all been taught about spell for two months. You expect that everybody is smarter than spell. But what happened to human normally is that when you hear a lecture, if you don't revisit the lecture again and again, you soon forget it. Because the purpose of a lecture is for you to, to you know, read it, read it until it becomes a tool in your hand. So that you can use what you are reading, apply what you are reading. But that must come by continuous reading. Please, those who have kids that can make noise, can ushers, can they stand up, please? If your kids can make noise, stand up and let ushers take you out to the um, corridor they have put on the, the television for them. Do that honorably. Because no child must make a sound. If you know that your child is within that band, please do that immediately and do it honorably. All right, now, let me go on with you. <clears throat> we understand the fact that this is the eighth month. We are just entering the eighth month today. And if there is something that God is speaking very firmly to us, here is this. Prophecy that God gives are promises. But if you listen very well on Sunday, God said, this, the devil wants to do this, the devil wants to do this, they want to do this. But I have done this for my people and stuff and stuff. I said, you must pray for those things to happen. There are two arms to prophecy. There is one arm of prophecy, which is the most generic arm. And that arm, man, God needs man to cooperate. First of all, to have faith and believe what he said, and to pray those things to manifestation. The second part of prophecy is when God tells you about what, you know, you know what, you, the, if you are following a partner and God says that this part by tomorrow, this will happen by it, that will happen, that will happen. That one are fixed laws of God. You can speak it about nation. If a nation has been judged and God is going to punish the nation, and it has passed the barrier of prayer, I will tell you straight away. If a, a nation has been very good, <clears throat> and now God wants to elevate the nation, and God will tell you, you don't need to pray for that. Either anybody did anything or not, God will do it, because God is doing that based on a performance that already has been recorded. But promises, prophetic promises, need the one who received it to have faith, and also pray it, take it to mind, so that it can happen to you. And so, Easy thing the devil does is that he makes you forget promises, prophecies. Both the promises in the scripture and the prophetic words spoken to you, which is a rema. And in the beginning of this year, you'll be very some of you will be very, very shocked that the these scriptures that we have prayed now, you know, one or two of Psalm thirteen and Isaiah eleven two, one and two, God spoke those words. To Christ with Tabernacle as our rema of what God will do with us throughout this year. So if you are into anything, once you remember this word, it, come, it's, it gives you strength that, no, 
This is the promise of God. And that is what belongs to me. And that is what can lead you and scare you through difficult times. And scare you through impossibilities. You know, what people find impossible, you will break through it. Now, if we look at it again, let me show you very quickly. That's Psalm 102, 13 says, God will arise and have compassion on you. So, anywhere you need God's mercy or compassion, it's the same thing. Once this comes to your mind, your faith rises and you pray into it straight away, you will see compassion from God. But if you don't remember, it is... If you look at the life of um, um, a typical example of God's compassion uh, or mercy is uh, uh, blind Bartimaeus. When blind Bartimaeus heard Jesus was passing, he made up his mind that he doesn't need money anymore, no pacifier. He needs a change. Now, beginning of that decision, that is where the answer was given. Because it is that determination that drew his persistence and his kind of prayer, all right, that people try to stop him, they try to discourage him, they try to humiliate him, but he, he could not listen to any word. When you have such in your heart, you can't listen to anything, you can't see anything contrary. That's when you break, break through into God. God is easy, very, very easy. God is easier than man. Do you understand me? But his principles are so simple, too simple for man. So that many human beings don't acknowledge it because we, are, we take things very, very complexly. And we attack, attack things with a complex mind. I would together now. But let me say this to you. One of the very, very, uh, the very fundamental of, of good learning, all right, fundamental of good learning, is that any learning you go into, if your mind goes into it, uh, you know, in simplicity, you will, you will have better knowledge than others. But if you approach intellectual letters with, you know, um, a compl- complex mind, your first reading you don't assimilate because your mind is complex. But if you attack it with a simple mind, like you're just reading an ordinary novel or something like that, when you read a novel, your intention is to understand what you are reading anyway and to be able to tell the story. That's a simple heart, simple mind. When you are reading the Bible, it's a simple mind. That's how you get revelation. So when you read academic books, if you read it with a simple mind, you will be mindful of every word and every punctuation and the theme and the story, and that's all you need. Then you'll be able to regurgitate what you have learned. So is the promise of God. God is so simple that man always often miss him. Uh, so, if God made a promise to you, he expects you to remember it. And he expects you to bring it before him daily. Daily. Every day you, before you pray. When you thank God, you remind him his promises. Or when you pray and after prayer, you remind him his promises. When you are walking, you remember his promises. So that when situations, that challenges that come, you draw the sword against it. When you have such a composure of mind, where you speak to situation instantly, there will be way. Because you are speaking from the point of authority. It's different from somebody who is looking for, you know, Father, help me, Father, help me. No. 
He promised it to you. You prayed daily. Those every circumstance that surround your life. Then you see how easy life is. It says there, I will have compassion on mercy on Zion, for it is time to show favor to her. You pray for favor daily. The appointed time has come. When God says that your appointed time has come, can you can you give up over you filled one paper? No, you attack it aggressively and now with the whole determination. This is my time. I won't postpone my result of this year to next year. I will do it now. And you will clear it. I would hear that. But however, if you had if you had approached your studies with that kind of mind, you cannot fail. You are going for the top of it. So if you fall short at all, you will still be one of the best in it. Are you getting me now? This is the scripture. It is your appointed time. If anybody will succeed in life, CFT's time to success is now. Not tomorrow. Not next year. You don't postpone what God is giving you for this year for next year. So you can see this scripture as it is. Look at Isaiah 11 then. And let's look at 1 and 2. If you look at that as well, which is the second scripture that God gave to us. I love it so much. That scripture says, A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots, a branch will appear. And he said, No, go back. A branch will bear fruit. Sorry. A branch will bear fruit. Um, I remember that when God gave us in January, first, second, third of January, what God said is that God can, because God is never barren. He is very fruitful. It is impossible for those who serve him to be barren. It is impossible. So, if there is a barrenness, therefore, there is provision for fruitfulness. Somebody had to speak into it. Look, when you come into this house, tonight we want to hold meeting. For us to hold this meeting, it is impossible for us to hold this meeting in dark. Yes? But someone has to come here and switch on the light. The light is always there, but someone has to switch it on. If nobody switches it on, we'll all be in dark. Not because we are supposed to be in dark, but because someone refused to switch on the light. And the duty of switching on the light becomes nobody's duty. So your life, the word, is the light. Switch it on. You cannot be barren. It is impossible under heaven if you are a child of God. Because the promise to Jesus Christ, the root of Jesse, a, a shoot that came out of Jesse, is that it will be fruitful. God promised that that, that branch will be fruitful. Because it says that. The branch will bear fruit. The branch will bear fruit. It didn't say the branch might bear fruit. It didn't say the branch may bear fruit. He says the branch will, which is it is automatic. It is mandatory for the branch to be fruitful. I would gather now. And that is you. He's talking about you. He's talking about you. So anything you do must end up in being fruitful. It must end up in success. Any venture, if you are part of this this uh, um, uh, uh, promise, you cannot do bad things. You can't set your heart up to do evil things. No, 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 no. Because anybody who is 
is connected with Christ, evidence that you are connected is that you will always desire like him. You can't desire everything. You can't plot against people and stuff like that. It's not possible. It's not part of what can come into your brain. If it comes, it cannot stay. You are incompatible with such things. Do you understand what I'm saying? So, that scripture tells you and I, you will be a fruit. That's the first thing. Either some fruit of the womb or in mind, in your reasoning, in, in your doing, anything you lay hands on, you put investment in something, you must get fruit from it. Then the next verse said, what brings the fruit is that the Spirit of the Lord will be upon you. Now, if you look at the Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. And then he began to mention six things that the Spirit will produce. The Spirit of the Lord will be upon him. It will produce wisdom. I love it. And understanding. So, so I have people who have had this issue that you are reading and your mind is blank for some time. And then you discover that what you are reading is not assimilating. Yes? It shouldn't be your portion. Let me help you know this. While we know that many things could be instrumental to such, such um, you know, occurrence, many things may be instrumental. But what is instrumental is not the, the, it's not the matter, really. What matters is that the Bible says it shouldn't be. I would mean that. Whether there are demons who are doing it is irrelevant. Whether you have walked and you are fatigued is irrelevant. If you are reading and you are feeling sleepy, simple. Close the book, sleep. 15, 25 minutes, wake up. Your brain will be as sharp as. But if you sleep too much, apart from the night, if you sleep too much, then your brain will go into cooler. But in the day I'm talking about, sometimes you abuse yourself so much and you need a little bit of nap. 15 minutes nap, 25 minutes. Just rest your eyes when you open it up. It could open up in 10 minutes, in 5 minutes, in 15 minutes. When it opens up, you will be shocked that your brain is glued. And if it is in the night, rest at least for 4 hours or 5 from the fourth hour of your resting, if you went to bed straight away, your spirit is active. It has fully rested. Your mind has fully rested. If you wake up and even seem as if your face is not wanting to open, your eyes, open it. Your brain is active, I tell you. Your brain is active. I think, let me help you understand this. In my personal research on learning, I find out that Reading from 6 a.m., if you have a free day, to read from 6 a.m. to 12. 6 to 9 is 3 hours. 9 to 12 is 3 hours. You have covered all you need for the day. And at that time of the day, from 6 a.m., your brain is still very, very fresh and, and so agile. 6, really from 5, it depends on when you sleep. If you sleep and wake up, in the midnight, maybe five, six, your brain is so articulate. It's like magnets. If you engage yourself in other things, you will not understand what I'm telling you. And by that five, six, seven, eight, you know, 
You don't have many interferences on the area of understanding. When you get to nine, going to three, you can have a little bit of slowdown. But if you are alone in a secluded place, in a quiet place, nothing can hinder assimilation. When you get over the sun zenith, which is 12, and going into three, understand your brain has come to a place where you only need to be reminding your brain what you have studied from six or early morning till that time. If you do that, I do it one day. You'll be shocked that the things that you are finding hard to, to memorize, you'll be, you'll be regurgitating it. I practice it, and it works too. Do you understand me? That scripture tells you and I, you must have wisdom. You must have understanding. You are not one of those people who read that you can't understand. It can't happen to you. Read anything you understand. If people read evil and they understand, you can read good things and understand. I would together now. And it says the Holy Spirit only is the one who gives this class of understanding because it's just different from intellectual only. It is, a, it is an understanding applicable in all things, spiritual understanding. And I'll show you in the scriptures before we pray again. Wisdom that he's talking about is not just the wisdom acquired by human. It is the wisdom that comes upon only those upon who the Holy Spirit is resting. They are the only one who can have this wisdom. And he talks about spirit of counsel. Counsel is a very, it is, it is, I would call counsel cognitive reasoning. I would say the counsel is the ability of a man to apply wisdom, you know, to issues transcending an average normal human being. That when you speak over an issue, I mean, what you say, people will just be wondering what's going on. You remember when I was doing my LLM, one of my lecturers wrote a report, Pastor read it. He wrote about, you know, one of my assignments, and after marking it, he now ended up and said that in legal reasoning, you have no fault. You are faultless. In the real sense, practically to me, that is strange. But what can make a professor write a student and write to evaluate a student and say that he's faultless in legal reasoning? He who has been a, a, a global speaker. You know that normally a professor would want to say that. What made him say it? It is because it is, I operated the wisdom of heaven, a counsel reasoning that just blew him up. All what he said that a student should all, all he says standard and procedure for a student to reason legally, I have done all that. But I now brought things also which is contrary to the norm of legal reasoning. And then I justified it with legal writing. And that's why he personally told me, he said, I have never written this to a student. But the wisdom and the counsel that comes when Holy Spirit trig- trig- triggers into those areas for you, when you are speaking, you will know you are not the one speaking. It's like when I'm preaching as well. Sometimes I'll teach you is what I've written down. Sometimes I begin to teach what I've written down. Suddenly I will shift. And what I'm telling you, I am hearing myself too because I've never known those things. And when I'm hearing that, I'm so happy because I'm learning. And when I'm hearing myself and what I'm saying, I'm learning, how much more you who is listening. That is the counsel of the Holy Spirit. It cannot be achieved by intellectual, human intellectual reasoning. It transcends that. And it's applicable to every type of reasoning. 
And it says also it's with the power. That's when you see all oh, the gift of the Spirit. We're going to deal with that from really in the youth convention. I'll be dealing with the Holy Spirit. That is all my dealings in the youth convention. Because we're talking about secularism. That's what you gave me to talk about, isn't it? So I will show you the Holy Spirit in the midst of secularism. So that you guys can excel in the gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit comes in power. And there are nine gifts of the Spirit. And then they say the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of God. Now look at Daniel chapter 2 verse 17. No, chapter 1 verse 17. Daniel 1 17. It says, to these four young men, they are teenagers, God gave knowledge and understanding of all kinds of literature or learning. That is the gift of the Holy Spirit. They knew Babylonian history more than the Babylonians. They're just young folks. They came in at the age of 13. Within 13 and 17, they have become experts. They knew Babylonian culture more than born Babylonians, and they read it. All right? They are youths, teenagers. They would teach their, their professor in the lecture at the age of 17. And many of you who are listening to me at the back there, you are more than 17. These are, understand, refugees. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, Daniel, they were refugees in Babylon. But God gave them so much knowledge. They understood all the algorithms of Babylon. Every education of Babylon, they stood out. You know, 17 should be A-levels. Somebody who came into this country at the year of 13 from a third world country, and then by A-level, he beats everybody hands down. Who grew here and learned here from primary school? That's the kind of thing you're seeing there. These boys were so learned. But it is because the Spirit of God was upon them. It is not because they are very intelligent. Yes, they are intelligent in the sense that they serve God in God's way. They didn't mix themselves with Babylonian people. Because they had opportunity to mix themselves with the culture of Babylonian in the first part of the chapter, they refused to defile themselves. That's what the boys say. That we will refuse to defile ourselves with this food of idols. We will stand clear for the God of Israel. And when the God of Israel compensated them, he touched their brain with the Holy Spirit. And they had so much knowledge. They had so much knowledge. It is their knowledge that, 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 you know, that attracted the government. They fetched them out. It's their knowledge. You know, I was coming, I was driving to this place today. When I got to the uh, 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 lights down the road there, I saw a black boy, and he looks to me like a Nigerian because of the physique. But he, he, he weaved his hair and put beads like those that women would do. You understand me? And he was walking on the street like that, and I had compassion on him. That where I have boys in my church who are go-getters. What is this one? Satan oppressed them. And when it's walking away, you can see heavily demonically oppressed. In the same city where some who come to church and listen to the word of God are moving fast ahead of time. It should be within probably, you know, if I guess right, it should be within his late 20s or so. But a wasted life. You know, Satan is master in deceiving people to their regrets. 
I will get it now. Anybody sit on deceived with regret. Look at the boy who was jailed uh, just yesterday or so. Who, who, who was jailed regards acid. Because when it was announced on television, I said, oh my, why should he receive 17 years? Why will they charge him for manslaughter? So I now decided to listen to the, to the facts of the case. And the fact of the case is so simple. He has, he's a crook who has been to, um, you know, re, re, been reprimanded for a number of times. At his age, he's not supposed to. But he was not deliberate in his action. So though it cost the life of somebody. Somebody wanted to attack him with acid and he hit the acid. And it's strange. He said it went 30 meters. I don't know how someone can hit, uh, you know, a container of acid and it flies for 30 meters. He must have done that with a great aggression. And these are the things that can work against him in law. Because he did that with such an aggression and the acid flew and hit somebody else. And when that person was hit with the acid, the person, of course, you know, was, was you know, helped. Okay? So when the person was helped, the acid um, injury did not cause death. But the person sustained, after a few days, it developed some infection, and the infection led to death. So the cause of death was infection, not acid. But the, the acid was the primary contributor to the process of the injury that led to infection. You know, law is strange because his acid that he, that he hit, hit somebody, the saw that person received from it led to, was infected, but the person was killed rather by the infection. So a good lawyer can argue that the cause of death is infection. Whereas the primary root of it is acid, but aggression was contributory, but not intention. Malice are for thought. And because of that, they give him manslaughter. And that is in the book of Joshua. If a man has killed somebody, Joshua says in Judges, build a city called the city of refuge. If the man will, if the man will, the avenger will come after the man to kill him, according to the law, if he shall run to the refuge, city of refuge, and it can be established that he did not kill with malice aforethought, then such man should be allowed to live. That is where law got his, his um, manslaughter from, distinction from manslaughter to, to what do you call it, murder. But whatever the case may be, what I'm saying is that all the boys that Satan robbed and their minds and told them they, are, they can amount to nothing and get them into gang, what the devil does is that he deceives you so that you can regret your life. When they get to the age of 30, 40, either some of them will roast in jail and live a confined life like an animal throughout their life because Satan has pushed them to commit crime that deserve such, or they are out or they are useless. I'm saying that because I wanted you to recognize, as well as those who are young among you, what made Daniel was that Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego did not behave like the people of Babylon. 
They don't dress like them. They don't look like them. They don't go to their joints. They don't walk like them. They separated themselves from the people of Babylon. They separated themselves from the people of Babylon. So the Spirit of the Lord came upon them. And the Spirit of counsel, the Spirit of wisdom, the Spirit of power. Apostle Williams does not follow ministers' gangs. You know that. Okay? Look at the journey God is taking me now. Very distinct. There are some things that you can say we will compete. There are some regions where your legs will not reach the ground. It's only favor that takes a man there. I want that favor. So I will not follow gang. You will not follow gang. You will not follow Babylonians so that you can rule over Babylonians. Are you with me now? You are in school, don't follow gang. School is not a place to join political party. Jadi force. Come out. <laughs> Come out. I was listening to one of the MPs today. He said when he was 18, he went to this uh, one-year gap year to go and work because he likes to help the poor and the needy. And when he was there, he saw what was just discovered now with the UNICEF, that, you know, there were unislave girls and stuff. And he, did, he tried to, to criticize it. And one of the boys called him and said that you can't do anything because you are just 18. He said, if you want to do something, go back to, to university. When you qualify, you will be an authority. That's the time you can change. So he said, when he said that to him, he left the, the place, went back and did the levels. Finished his level, he did first degree, and then he went and did his PhD. Now, when he got his PhD on international relations, because he wanted to go and head the, the organization that was using girls, they sent you to go and help them, you are, you are sleeping with them. So when he now got his PhD, he said he became an MP. <laughs> so now, he was assigned to look into that matter. He said, so now he can make difference. He can make a change. Because this is the reason why he was driven to go and read, and he read his PhD. When I had him, I called my wife, come and hear. So did you see now that I have not read at all? <laughs> Amen, forevermore. Uh, I, I have only read. I'm going back for AD so that it will be read. Now, listen to me, therefore. It is by the Spirit of God that a man can receive favor. It is by the Spirit of God that a man can increase in counsel. It is by the Spirit of God. God only needs to blow a breath into your brain, and that makes a difference. Where people struggle, you will glide. Where doors are shut against people, the door will be open. They'll be looking for you, that you are the only one who can pass through this door, and they will not shut the door until they find you. That is the spirit of the Lord. A spirit of the Lord does not, the spirit of the Lord does not come to a man and he's miserable. No, he will work wisdom in you. He will work counsel in you. If you are not into education, there is a woman who was selling bean cake in Nigeria and she became a millionaire. By selling bean cake, Akara, people will come from miles, hundreds of miles to come and buy her bean cake because of the favor of God. I would mean now. So, whatever you have in your hand, if you can 
make sure you distinguish yourself from Babylonians and seek God of Israel. You will be fruitful. And the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you. Now we stand up and pray. Just briefly before we close today. I want you to take this as a challenge. What God is emphatically saying today is this. The promise he had made to us, you must read it. Isaiah 11, Isaiah 11, Isaiah 11, Isaiah 11, Isaiah 11, 1 and 2. And if you read down to verse 6, you'll be shocked at what happened thereafter. I will talk about that tomorrow. Psalm 102, 13. Read these scriptures, pray them. Let's first lift our voices to God and thank God for so much promises that he has made for us, to us. Shall we just pray and thank God? Thank God for the promises made to you. What a privilege. Lord, we just thank you so much for the promises you have made to us. We exalt and magnify your holy name. Blessed be your name, Lord. Unto us you have made these promises. What a love that God has for us. Blessed be your name, King of heaven. Father, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Father, we exalt you. Father, we glorify thee. O Jehovah, be thou exalted, O God. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' holy name, we had prayer with thanksgiving. You know, one of the scriptures for the month is John 4.35. We're almost finished for today. John 4.35. It says, do not, do you not say former months and then the harvest. This is the month of harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They arrive for harvest. For you, Christ with Tabernacle, this is your month of harvest. Amen. So we're going to pray. Lord, open my eyes that I will see the fields, not just one field. I will see the fields, the fields that you have prepared that are right for me. Empower me to enter my harvest. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Eyes to be open to see the harvest fields. So that we are not narrow-minded anymore. We can see broadly. We can see beyond our own limits. Father, help me to lift up my eyes and see beyond what people say, beyond what men say, beyond what I say. Help me to see the fields that are already ripe, opportunities that you have prepared for me. Open my eyes to see them. Tell the Lord, open my eyes to see all these great opportunities that is before me. Tell the Lord, empower me to enter the arena. I will harvest, oh God, in every aspect of my life. Lead me to the harvest field, Lord Jesus. Open my eyes to see. Open my mind to comprehend. Empower me to enter my harvest fields. Empower me to enter my harvest fields. Empower me to enter my harvest fields. Now let's begin to pray for the harvest of souls. Lead me to those who arrive for salvation. All CRT globally. Let this month be a fruitful month for us, for soul winning. Lead us to people that you have prepared for salvation. My Lord and my God, I pray thee. 
It says, I send you to reap from where you did not sow. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. Enable every one of us, O oh God, to have a soul for your kingdom. Anoint us to have a soul for your kingdom. Empower us to have a soul for your kingdom. Father, we bless your holy name. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. I stand in Christ in God and declare over you. As the Lord had promised us as a family, as you leave this place tonight, the favor of God go with you. The Lord will look unto you with compassion. Mercy from the throne of grace shall surround you all your life. You will find favor before all men. You will find favor before all men. Ah, Especially those that God has put in higher authority who determine your faith in life. I say you will find favor before all men. Those who are your colleagues will favor you. Those who are junior to you will run with your vision. For your people shall be willing in the day of battle. Those who walk with you and those who walk under you, they shall be willing to your voice. If you have made application to somewhere and it seems as if what is going on, tonight receive favor. Favor will make way for you tomorrow. I say favor will make way for you tomorrow. I say favor will make way for you tomorrow. Where they have turned you down concerning good things, it shall come to pass before sunset tomorrow they shall receive you back. Everyone who, are, who the devil has made to disagree with you, I decree as they wake up in the morning tomorrow, the favor that God has placed upon you tonight will wake them up. They will begin to run after you. They will not live until they do that which favor dictates for them. In blessing, they shall bless you. In comfort, they will comfort you. In the name of Jesus as of Nazareth. The Lord will give utterance to your lips. And lead you to the Lordship of Israel. The bond of your soul shall be richer than ever since you were born. The Lord will lead you to bring many to salvation. If there be any field that is belonging to you, but have been proclaimed and seized or claimed by some other people, I say tonight, I say tonight, the Lord overthrow their control. The Lord overthrow their power. By the favor of God, they will surrender back to you. By the favor of God, they will surrender back to you. Every plot against CFT, either by man or invisible spirit, tonight I declare them dissolved. In the name of Jesus, I overthrow them. In the name of Jesus, I overthrow them. Their coalition against you will become a coalition to discuss better for you. Your enemies will serve at your table. So shall it be in the name of the Lord. The Lord will exalt you in the nations. The Lord will exalt you among the people. Father, we bless your holy name. Everyone that was sick last month, this month you have been made whole. 
Everyone that was sick last month, your case of sickness had been shut down last month. Yesterday night had gone away with all your infirmities. Behold, a new month of August is your month of healing, it's your month of wellness, it's your month of strength, it's your month of power, it's your month of wisdom, it's your month of understanding, it's your month of counsel, it's your month of the fear of God. Those of you that the enemy have battled with your ability to pray, receive your strength back in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Your ability to serve God has been taken away from you, receive it back in the name of Jesus Christ. You will prosper in God in this month. So shall it be forever. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we are praying. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Put your hands together for the King of heaven. Hallelujah. Please be seated in the heavenly places. Praise the Lord. I am reaping my harvest. Amen. This is the month of August. If you are born in August, you are blessed.